All right. How are we doing? This is episode 42. We are officially back. The Elton Brand episode. (laughs) (laughs) Back once again for the first time. Yes. Uh, And now we are a three-man pod. We thought we needed to spice it up. Um, Twitter was a buzz today with our comeback. I don't know if you you guys saw the tweets. The tweets. Yeah, well, for months. Hashtag bring back mass podcast has been trending. And yeah, uh, now it, we're giving the people what they want. I think so. You know, we we pretty much are, uh, we had a stronghold of their bad years, you know. I think we, were, uh, <laughs> we did. We once, celebrated Dennis Smith Jr., Nerlens uh, Noel. I think I the mean, last, so I think our highest rated pod was the Nerlens Noel trade. And, yeah. uh, been downhill since, but uh, now we're back after a huge game one win uh, in the playoffs against the Clippers. Uh, let's 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 start with some opening thoughts on the game. Uh, Jay, you want to go first? The Mavs scored more points than the Clippers and therefore won the game. Oh God! <laughs> not helpful. Maybe not we helpful. should have called Brian. Apologies. Yeah. Apologies. Uh, who should we start with? Uh, we got a complete team effort. Uh, okay. From all people on the team, uh, and uh, I, I got to say, I was very, very pleased with the entire roster from top to bottom. Uh, even KP, uh, having a very, very slow start, came up huge in the last, uh, I'd say, second half of the fourth quarter. Uh, well, I but, would agree. Uh, yeah, I like what I see. Uh, we're, 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 we, you know, hopefully we can come out tomorrow strong and take two in LA. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Well, Ow. I'm glad I'm glad I never traded away Jalen Brunson as uh he has probably morphed into our second most reliable scorer. Could I say that? You could, you'd be wrong because it would be Tim Hardaway Jr. <laughs> no, now but keep in mind say that. I said say reliable. That. I, I think Tim Hardaway Jr. is has our greatest like uh uh ceiling when it comes to scoring, but he's incredibly streaky. Like Jalen Brunson, Brunson, he's not streaky at all. He's pretty steady. Yeah, and about a he, month ago, he had an outside chance at a 50-40-90 season. Uh, didn't get there, but you, you're right about that. He is. Uh, he, he's been solid all year. Yeah, he's really steady. So I'm glad we didn't trade him away. Um, let's see who else came through. Dorian Finney-Smith. If we were to do a top five like best contracts to you know, production. know, production, but but like increasing production. He's getting so much better. Yeah. Uh, over the last six weeks, he's been amazing with just his uh, reliability on those on those threes. I just want to and, point out that Al is the only one on this podcast that wanted to trade Jalen Brunson, and he also is now saying that Dorian Finney-Smith's contract is better than Lucas. No, I said top five. If there were <laughs> top five contracts <laughs> on the Mavericks. Did leave the door open no, you didn't let me finish the statement. Contract. Top, top five, five on the Mavericks. No, no. Top five player contracts on their second re upping of their contract after their original <laughs> after their original uh contract. So that's that's kind of a long title for uh yeah. top five, but you know, on second contracts, that's got to be a top five second contract. That's essentially what I'm saying. 
Well, no one did any research, so we're just going to have to go with that. I mean, yeah, I'm going to rank it first. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that is the top second contract in the league. That's a great deal for the Mavs. I am really happy with it. Um, <laughs> even, even better than Nerland's contract? Well, I think Nerland's right now might make the second. Or he's definitely in the top five because he is definitely a steal for the Knicks at the price they got him at now, but which is probably the league minimum. But uh yeah, I think he's still calling his agent about that four for seventy-two deal he turned down mm, for the Mavericks. Mm, that is a rough one. I really feel for him there. But he's talking about uh, trusting yourself when you shouldn't. Well, you know, it's a bit of a tangent, but I do appreciate that he is at least fulfilling his potential now more so. So um, he makes uh, he makes our enthusiasm on the past podcast not as laughable. Right. <laughs> That's a fair point. Yeah. Fair yeah. Point. So I'm really just thinking about myself here, and uh, Nerland's performance makes us look better. So. Hey, hey, that's my role, Al. Well, <laughs> we're not clear on your role just yet. <laughs> so, you know, I I can't just assume anything at this point. But uh, okay, so the Mavs came out game one. Their bench was just off the charts, Clippers with the classic uh, bravado of we've got this. Not only did they tank to get the Mavs, okay, but then they come out and they did the stare down on Maxi. Was that the late third quarter, early fourth? I forget. Yeah, Kawhi. Late third. Okay. Here's another. Here's another made-up ranking. But where does the piggybacked taunting not i dunked on you i'm taunting but my buddy dunked on you and and i'm going to taunt for him where does that rank as one of the worst like playoff moves out there Mm. i gotta say i'm not sure it's the playoffs but i had a jordan poster when i was a kid dunking on um cliff levingston there was a lot of them okay and i i think in the background uh maybe bushler was piling on to Cliff Levingston. Mm, I could see that. That's a classic okay. Bushler move. But it was it was the aperture on the camera was it was because Bushler was way in the background on the far end of the bench. But that's the only one I can even think of. Okay, so okay, just off the cuff here again, very little research for this pod. White guy piggybacking on a taunting is worse than anyone else, right? Of any other persuasion. Can we say that? <laughs> hey, well, the only thing I mean, I'm comfortable saying is I cannot say that. Well, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to react to that, I guess. Okay. Well, well a small sample size. I'm like. just saying, Judd Bushler, if, if I'm Maxi Kleba right now, I feel worse that Judd Bushler is taunting me instead of uh, Marcus Morris and Paul George, right? Is that fair? Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Probably. All right. This does remind me of the only time I was ever dunked on. And my teammate, my teammate, it was a summer league game, um, Lamont Edwards, uh, who was a D1 player, dunked on me. I tried to draw the charge. He jumped over me. And... Uh, Ryan Moore, who was my teammate, pointed at me and laughed at me <laughs> as we were going back down the court. 
I uh, think so he was piling on and was my teammate. Mm. I don't know. You know what? That's probably worse than, like, an opponent taunting you. I think that is worse. I don't know if it's worse. It, it, knowing Ryan Moore and knowing Jay, I think that that was fitting. Well, the fitting thing was me trying to charge. Um, <laughs> and it, wasn't, it was just because I was so slow. It was just easier to stand still. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. We're getting off on another tangent here, but let's go back to the game. <laughs> Again, we have uh, we have these guys. They, they'll never learn. The Clippers just will not learn to to just do something first before they come out with all this bravado. Am I right? Yeah, I said to someone today that ever since Paul George and Kawhi Leonard signed there, the Clippers have operated as if they had won the NBA title, like just yeah. by those those two signing those contracts. And last year, obviously, you know, up 3-1 on the Nuggets, they're rolling, and then things fall apart, and they're out of the playoffs. And then this year, and granted, Kawhi's been hurt um, for, for parts of the year, and they're really not the same team as they were last year. I, I think they're a little worse, although I've heard some – folks on ESPN and, and talk show people say that they think they're better, but, you know, I think Paul George has been better for most of this year, but mm. that, I think overall they're a little worse, but you're right. They kind of still operate as if they're champs, but I mean, if you're this good, if you think you're this good, why are you ducking a team that got into the playoffs as a seven seed? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the same. It, it's just a, I don't know. It's a level of hubris that's comical to me because uh, I think uh, I think the Mavs are going to win game two. I think they're just a better team. I think they're just a deeper team. Um, you know, I get frustrated listening to ESPN and the ticket because they're always saying how the Clippers have a better roster. And I'm just like, how is a bench of Batum, Rondo, and – Marcus Morris, better bench than ours. I, I just feel like it's, it's yeah, a stre- I don't, streaky bench at best. Well, I don't understand that really either, especially when you think about last year, taking them to six games, that was a minor miracle. And you didn't have Porzingis for most of that series. You definitely didn't have Dwight Powell or Jalen Brunson. Yeah. And down the stretch here, you know, you talked about how well the bench played. You know, the bench, a couple of those guys were starting most of the latter part of the season because Maxi and, and Porzingis weren't playing. So yeah. they got a lot of good minutes down the stretch and were kind of ready to roll. And you know there's going to be a game where Porzingis kind of lights it up because yeah. that's just bound to happen. And there's probably – there's potential for the Tim Hardaway game where he comes out and it's just lighting it up. And so if you're the Clippers, you're kind of sitting there going, you're going to have to weather, you know, those storms at a certain point. And I think what really helps Luka this year, you saw it in the fourth quarter on Saturday, was having Jalen Brunson to just settle, to be another guy who can kind of settle things down and get to the rim. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that's what, you know, everyone said, everyone kind of harped on uh, Hardaway and DFS in that first game, kind of shooting lights out. I think they both shot at a really high percentage, but I, my counter is a total off game by KP. And so if you flip flop that for game two, um, again, you're, you're looking at, 
a very competitive game. Now, I think the Clippers went, did they go 8 for 40 on three-pointers? Uh, 11 a, for 40. 11 for 40, okay. Yeah, it was bad. So, you know, to their credit, they've been one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league this year. But I really think they're feeling uh, the loss. I hate saying this, but uh, Landry Shamit was a good three-point shooter last year. And, uh, you know. Well, I, and Lou Williams coming off the bench. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's a bad defensive player. He's a he bad defensive player, but the Mavs don't really take advantage of that. And so right. those two right. and the offense they recreate uh, – you know, Kennard and uh, I don't know whoever else. They're, Batum actually did hit a few shots in that last game. He really surprised yeah, Batum me. played pretty well. Or listen, yeah, I mean, there was a stretch there where he hit a couple big shots for them. But, but there's no way they're better this year. I, I'm I'm sorry. You know, I, I I just don't think that roster looks better. And Paul George, I've always like liked him, so I really don't understand why he's just turned into such a a bad playoff performer. <laughs> That's the nicest way I could put it. Well, he because he gave himself a terrible playoff nickname. <laughs> I think so. The self-proclaimed nickname, not a good move. Not a good move and, at all. But back to your point about are they better this year? Like one of their – besides Rondo, probably their biggest offseason acquisition, at least in terms of dollars, is Luke Kennard, and he may not play the entire series. Yeah. yeah. Why is that? Because he just sucks, right? It's not because of uh, – it's not because of a, a injury, right? No, it's actually just because he can't play defense. Yeah. He's he's still he, he's an elite shooter, forty five percent from the uh, from three on the season. Yeah, uh, but he he uh, I, I don't think he can guard anybody. And to your but point, I don't. I think it's worth rolling him out there, maybe even with a uh, with former Mav Yogi Ferrell to see you know what he can do on the offensive end of the court because the 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 Clippers just lack an identity. And yeah. I, I don't think that, they, you know, it may be that they just haven't had enough reps this year with their various injuries, but I don't think they know what they're doing. And, um, you know, Ty, Ty Lue's a good coach. We'll see what adjustments he has here. But I, I tend to think that I'm not, I'm not going to go so far as to say that the Mavs are going to win game two, but I do think that this could be a four- to five-game series with the Mavs just with – with the Clippers just laying down – and the Mavs taking it to them, or it could go six or seven games. Uh, I think that we'll see. But, but what's, what's that's literally every possibility. Or, or, it is not going to be. It is not going to be a five and a half game series. I guarantee you that. And he did not predict the Clippers winning four straight. So there, that's like he has eliminated okay. that as a possibility. Okay. Yeah, I did. Good point. I did. <laughs> but I'm not. I don't think you know. It's going to be. A, I think it's going to be a really competitive, hard-fought game. Um, and by the way. Those 1,000 fans, uh, you know, 650 of which are going to be Clippers fans, are going to be moderately loud tomorrow night. What was up? It was if, like, L.A. didn't get the memo that they could allow fans in. They had the baseball uh, cardboard cutouts from the Dodger game in there. Well, well they don't. That's a local restriction, Al. Yeah. Um, but you're also forgetting that, the Clippers fans are too busy tweeting about the Lakers to actually cheer for the Clippers. <laughs> yeah. That's the Battle of L.A., and they're both down 0-1, so uh, that should be interesting. So, okay, let's talk uh, adjustments. What's an adjustment the Clippers can make for the next game to uh, cause a problem for the Mavs? Well, they've already said Ty Lue had – some, you know, someone was asking about Kawhi guarding Luka more. 
And he said, you know, you're probably going to see a lot more of that in game two. And so I think that's an adjustment that, they're going to make. That's as bold of a prediction as Jay's. <laughs> well, no, but I'm just quoting, like, that's one, one adjustment they're going to make. But I think yeah. the problem with that is I think in order for that to work, they're going to have to pull Zubak off the floor because all the Mavericks are going to have to do is hunt whoever's guarding Zubak and put put that in the pick-and-roll scenario to free up and get Luka on Zubak again and create yeah. that mismatch. So they're going to have yeah. to go super small. I think what they can do is go small and go Batum, George, Leonard, Beverly, and, I don't know, Rondo, something like that, right? Now they're going to give up their advantage on the boards because Zubak kills them on the boards. And with Leonard and George out there, like the Mavericks have not, at least I remember, you know, normally when we play the Clippers, we don't rebound very well against that team. But uh-huh. I think the biggest adjustment they could make if they're going to throw Kawhi on Luka is you got to go small, but you're going to take away another advantage. And I think that's on the boards. And the Mavs can continue to run Porzingis out there, at least somewhat, or pull him off the floor and put Kleba out there. You could well, still if, be pretty big if you're the Mavericks. If they put – I think Beverly is is the move, the main move that's going to – I think Beverly's off the floor now after that last game. And I'm wondering if you put Kennard in into a small ball lineup, at least he can hit the open shot. I know he can't play defense, but – I don't think Beverly can either, right? At this point, not like not on not on Luca. And I feel he... like they'll do the same thing if 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 Beverly goes in there, they're just gonna they're just gonna hunt him down and put Luca on him, right? Every time. Well, and that's yeah, what they, they did. Up. They opened up with Beverly matching on Luca. It looked like on on Saturday, and then he got oh, two sure. quick fouls because yeah. Luca just posted him up. That's right. So. I, I I feel like like Lou has to come out with something really random, where uh, he just throws if if they could throw the Mavs off and just grab ten points or something off off any move, which won't happen. But I I think that's their best bet. I I just don't think they have the roster for a really significant chess move. I I think they're just hoping Paul George and Kawhi just go off, right? Well, I think. To, to add on to Matt's point, I think that Kawhi is right. But what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to try to avoid switching. So it's going to look like the NBA looked 10 years ago. And then you're going to have Luka that's going to see that for a couple of, a couple of possessions in a row. where, mm-hmm. And then he's going to immediately adjust. And what's going to happen is then you're going to have KP or Dwight Powell or Maxi that's going to slip the screen and go to the basket and when uh, Mac, when the defender is hedging to try to allow Kawhi to fight over the screen, Luke is going to kill it. And yeah. it, may, it may only take him a possession or two, but I think that's one of the adjustments you're going to see is to, is to try to keep Kawhi on Luka because when uh, Kawhi was on Luka quite a bit in the last game, I don't, uh, in, especially in the second half, but immediately what would happen is the Mavericks would, would, would set, up, set a screen and get a pick or get a sweep. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's just and the the fact of the matter is Luca is light years ahead of where any player should be in his third year, and he just sees everything like he's a twenty year veteran. And I think yeah. that uh, I want to say it was the Memphis series of uh, not the the Memphis game a few weeks ago where they were were doubling him, and uh, there was a couple possessions where Luca was a little bit flustered, and then he made the adjustment and then just killed them. 
Uh, and that was, I think, late in the second half. I may be getting my games wrong. I'll let Matt correct me on, on that. But I'm positive he did make a crazy shot at the end of that game. Well, he did. Well, but I, I'll say, you know, last year they did a lot of that double-team him in the backcourt, double-team him just across half court, And you saw a bunch of teams do that at the end of this year. The biggest difference against the Clippers versus last season is Jalen Brunson's there, and he can just – he can take the ball up and run the offense and – and create things, whereas last year that that wasn't there for the Mavericks. Well, and they I had, agree. Uh, yeah. uh, Dorian Finney-Smith had a possession late in the game uh, a couple of days ago where he took the ball up the court, guarded by Kawhi Leonard, and had no problem getting it into getting it into their offense. And uh, that's something that I just don't think uh, Dorian Finney-Smith was was would have been comfortable with uh, a year ago. And he has just really come into his own and. This may be an odd opinion, but I think he has one of the top five second contracts in the league. That is really controversial, but I'm going to like agree with that. Jay. I feel like <laughs> I, I heard that on the podcast. I, I might have planted that, that statement, but hmm. we'll, we will carry on. Um, I think, uh, yeah, this doesn't look good for the Clippers. I know it's just one game, but really they're – is it too soon to say Kawhi has maybe lost a quarter to a half step? Like, is he not not as scary as he used to be? I think he's not in the right. He's not on the right team. I think in okay. San Antonio, he had obviously that was a really talented roster, but he also had Popovich as a voice to kind of get after everybody else who wasn't matching Kawhi's intensity. And then in Toronto, I think Nick Nurse is a really good coach, but then you also had Kyle Lowry as kind of the emotional leader of that group. Who's the emotional leader of this team? You know? Yeah, and I thought I Serge Ibaka would have a, a bigger role too. And they, um, I don't know, he did okay the other day. He didn't play bad, but he didn't. 13 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I was just like, that's it. So maybe Ibaka is, what about Ibaka coming in? Does he start? How does a starter get – he can't be a starter if he gets 13 minutes, right? No. You, you named Morris as, a, as, as coming off the bench earlier. Marcus Morris Sr. starts for them. Okay. And, but he's – yeah, Abaka was coming off the bench. But, like, those are both guys that just – they both have problems with the Mavs lineup. And this is this, – with the the versatility that, – that's what wins in the playoffs. It's, it's versatile lineups. And the crazy thing is everyone thought the Clippers last year – were the perfect team to stop Dallas because they had the switchability on the perimeter with, with Kawhi and Paul George, and it just hasn't worked. Yeah, uh, you know they did have the, the they had uh, you know a couple blowout wins last year, but those were both games where KP wasn't playing. Yeah, uh, but uh, it, it just uh, they're they're going to have to make some big adjustments in, in making quickly, and uh, hope hopefully uh, I'm going to say this uh, as a Mavs fan, hopefully they won't. Well, let's flip it uh, to the Mavs side. Uh, is there a chess move or is there a move in, in Rick Carlisle's back pocket to save, uh, to counter anything that the Clippers do tomorrow night? Well, I think if they go super small, I mean, that's the thing. I think the Mavericks have the capability to go small. And if if they want to throw Luke Kennard out there and try to, you know, just outshoot the Mavs. And, and I think, you know, you guys both talked about the blowout wins last year at the Clippers had. That's yeah. really the Clippers' best hope for tomorrow night is yeah. they need to jump out in front. Quarter. 
They need to get up 15, 20 points early and try to just hang on from there. If this is a close game in the third and fourth quarter, like that's the worst case scenario because all the pressure is on the Clippers then. And this is not a group that has shown they can handle pressure. And I think Carlisle is going to outcoach Teron Liu. And it's just not going to be – I think that just turns into a disaster scenario. And then you you get into the – you know, now they're coming back to Dallas. Dallas is going to have 15,000 fans in their arena for game three. It's going to be awesome. Like, yeah. that's going to be nuts for the Clippers if they're down 2-0 going back to Dallas and having to face a crowd that hasn't gotten the cheer for their team in a year. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's going to be a really difficult environment for them. And, and even if they manage to get one – and you're down three to one, and you just have to win out the series. I, that's just not a good setup for for this team the way they're constructed. So, the, their best hope for tomorrow is to get off to a, a really strong start. So, I think, you know, if you're Rick Carlisle, I, I think the big key is that first quarter and controlling the pace. Like I would, I would burn an extra timeout in that first quarter just to make sure that. At the end of it, at worst, you're down. You're still down single digits, and you're within striking distance. No, I, I agree with come you. Come out with a big punch. I agree with you 100. percent Didn't they say we're we're 27 now, 28 no after leaving leading after the first quarter? Was that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it all comes down to the first quarter. As long as it's closed, if we could um, not get behind 10 plus points and just chase them all game, because that's our worst. I think offense, that's our worst, like, uh, state of playing because uh, we end up playing a little more hero ball and taking those extra long threes, and it's just not an efficient offense. I was wondering if, do you think Carlisle would maybe throw Josh Green in there to just kind of muck it up a little bit if uh, he needed a spark? Do you think Do you think Green gained his trust that last 10 games of the year where he was playing more? I think it really depends on what one how the game is going and, and two what the foul situation is. If, if yeah. we're looking at a game like it was on Saturday where it's close and and nobody on the Mavs is in any sort of severe foul trouble, I think that you're you know the the, the lineup is pretty much set. Uh, yeah. That he's yeah. he's going to be coming with Brunson uh, uh, and Richardson off the bench. Uh, Hardaway is going to be in the starting lineup, and you're going to see minutes from from Dwight Powell, Willie Cauley Stein, and, and a little bit from Melly off the bench. Um, and I don't know if he goes much deeper than that. Yeah. Um, if, if it gets out of hand, then yeah, we might, we might get a Boban sighting uh, uh, and, and see Josh Green. But um, I'm going to say, I, I think that, you know, the nine players or the 10 players, however deep we went on Saturday is a, uh, it's a pretty good playoff lineup. Um, and how, nice uh, have, go ahead. You no, know, it's, it's nice to have those other guys there, but I, I don't know how, how, how deep, Carlisle goes into the bench. I think, if anything, he's going to shorten the bench a little bit uh, as we move forward. I think that's fair, but um, I have to say, I yeah, I know Melly played limited minutes, but you really feel his presence out there. It just he 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 really gets after it. I, I think uh, if it were just Melly for um, <laughs> who did we trade for? What was that guy's name? <laughs> JJ Reddick. No, 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 no. We got Melly and Reddick for. Oh, James that, Johnson. James Johnson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I almost said Joe Johnson. I was like, it wasn't Joe Johnson. Um, oh, and uh, and West a one do. Yeah, a one do. Gosh. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I think I would have traded James Johnson and a one do for just Melly 
so which is pretty much what we did. But no offense right to now, you 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 would probably be trading Jalen Brunson and Dwight Powell <laughs> just for Melly. For Melly, it's true. I might have done that, and that's why I'm not a GM. But uh, Melly's been playing great. I, I think there's there's something about him when he's in there. Uh, he definitely provides a spark, and so. Um, yeah, he yeah. had a couple of big offensive rebounds. Uh yep. and and he's not he's not a liability on defense. Yeah. Uh he's a smart player, he's a veteran player. Um uh so uh yeah, I agree with I agree on all points, Al. All right. Well, that all being said, I think the plan here is to just do a pod after every game, huh? Just for That'll the be the goal. That'll be the yeah. goal. And uh I think we should go with uh, predictions for the series. I want a hard prediction from Jay. I don't want the five, six, or seven game prediction from Jay. Uh, let's all give our predictions for this series. Who wants to go first? Mavs and six. Sid, you go first. Mavs oh, and six. Wait. I, yeah. I was gonna, <laughs> well, I was going to say Mavericks and six, but I'll be I'll be bold and say the Mavericks find a way to win game two, and it's Mavericks and five. I think uh, something similar. I'm going to predict the first ever – uh, sweep in five games. What? I think. Uh, I think. The I most think Luca. Prediction <laughs> I've ever heard. I think Luca is going to enjoy beating them so badly. He is going to add. He's going to ask for a fifth game to beat them to a pulp. So the first five zero sweep. <laughs> well, I hope it happens. I want to see that. Uh, yeah. I think you're going to see the home t- the home team win the next five games. Uh, that's that's I think uh, I think it's going to be a hard fought game uh, tomorrow night. I think the Mavs are going to are going to win both games in Dallas. They might finish it out back in L.A., but more than likely L.A. sends it to a six game. There's my very specific uh, uh, prediction. Okay, okay. Right. I like it. I like so, it. hey, real quick question, KP. Uh huh. He doesn't look happy. Uh, actually, he, he looks he, pretty happy after that dunk to end the game. Uh, after the dunk where Kawhi Leonard made a business decision and did not try to do what uh, Maxi Kleber did. Uh, but leading up to that point, you know, he started two of 10. He was complaining a lot with the refs. Uh, after the game, the first thing he was talking about was getting his shots. And uh, I'm, I'm a little bit frustrated that, uh, that, you know, I'm worried about KP that, you know, that, um, you know, he still has a tendency to, if he hasn't touched the ball in a few possessions to just grab the ball and, shoot uh the first shot that he sees even if it's a a logo three um and and i really wish that he would do what he what he did at the end of the game is is get himself involved in other ways whether it's getting rebounds getting putbacks he had a great post up uh on an entry pass late in the game yeah Uh, i can't remember uh, i can't remember who made the entry pass but it was a sideline out entry pass direct to the post which was phenomenal yeah yeah and he he hit both free throws uh he had the big dunk but for the first uh, three and a half quarters of the game, he, he didn't do much. And uh, so that's what I'm going to be expecting uh, tomorrow night is we've got to see a different KP because yeah, I don't think I actually, we're – I think he's going to have a really good game. I, I think, you know, for all of KP's bad body language, um, I think he's just struggled becoming a number two. I think he's been the best player on the team his whole life. And uh, I think just being in the public eye, it's, it's just not an easy thing. And – um 
I think the playoffs got the I, – and I think he does think about his injuries. I, I think he gets a little nervous about that kind of stuff, and he wants to prove his durability. And I, I think it, that first game was sort of like him just getting his feet wet again in the playoffs, and I'm going to predict a 25-14 night for him tomorrow. How about that? 25 points, 14 rebounds. Oh, I thought you were going with steals. Uh, I thought about saying blocks, but let's just keep it simple. Let's keep it simple. Well, I'm hoping that he gets a call uh, over overnight from either Robert Wagner or, in the alternative, Rob Lowe, uh, with some advice on how to be a good number two. <laughs> no, that wasn't bad. For, for all your uh, jokes today, that was a legitimate joke. That was good. I'm a volume shooter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You eventually hit. You eventually hit. Yeah, I like uh I think the Mavs win uh tomorrow night. I'm gonna say one eighteen one oh two. I think they go running away with it this time. This is very reminiscent of the uh Lakers series to me from twenty eleven. I think uh the Lakers just think remember they just thought they were gonna come back and the Mavs just kept up the intense intensity. Yeah, but the Lakers were also up like 22 in that first game. So, I mean, the first part of that game one was a pretty dominant Lakers performance, and then the Mavericks kind of stole right. that one and kind sure of flipped the series from there. But, yeah, no, I, I know I kept waiting in that series for the Lakers to reel off four straight wins and, and win it. So, yeah. And, uh, and I just think the Clippers have that mentality, and that's what's going to um, do them in. But I know, but I think the difference was the Lakers actually had won two championships. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and, I know it. <laughs> and they had and they had Kobe Bryant, who I think, you know, is infinitely better at closing out games than Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. Uh yeah, that goes without saying. I, I think uh Yeah. I like our chances. Yeah, agreed. All right, so we're doing this again. Uh, Maps play tomorrow night, and uh, we will maybe do another pod Wednesday. What do you think? I think there's a chance. Jay, are you in? I think there's a chance. There's also a chance <laughs> that the next pod's in 2025. <laughs> Either way, well, okay, that's, why you, that's why the listeners have to subscribe. That's so right. An episode. All six of our listeners will be on the edge of their seats <laughs> for the next 48 hours. Will Shout out to all the all the listeners from the Jesuit class of '93. Hello, Brian Leak. <laughs> That's really the only one. <laughs> all right. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Mm-hmm.